Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the esteemed. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, it's going to be a long episode. <laughs> we just started, Ben. <laughs> we just yeah. The esteemed, the debonair, the unaccomplished, the redolent. Well, no question mark on that. The redolent and the venerable Matthew Henry. All right. You know, I, I'm okay with redolent after I figured out what it meant last week. And, and venerable, I think, if I recall, is actually kind of a nice compliment, uh, maybe. Um, but, uh, you know, I got to take is issue it? with the unaccomplished. I got I to take issue with that because I was unaccomplished that one day, you know, but we all have those days. You know, those days where you don't do anything really, you, you know, to, to make yourself feel like you actually did anything. And, and, and I think that was the day that, I, that, that you asked me, you know, how I was feeling. And so, so I, I take issue because I have a lot of accomplishments, Ben, a lot of them. And yet you declared yourself unaccomplished. What can I say? I mean, these things stick. It's a one-time thing. It's a stamp. It's a permanent thing. It's on you know your what? permanent. It's on your permanent record. Hey, keep this up, and I'm demoting you to Sacramento. <laughs> Don't give well, me a lip. You, oh yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm going to tell you what I think about you. <laughs> yes, and then we'll, uh, have, we'll have a chat in the, the dugout. You're a crap manager. You've been a crap manager since you were ever in the major leagues. Everybody knows it. Uh, you caught lightning in a bottle last year. Uh, you know. I was one of those guys that you caught. Oh, oh wait, sorry, I'm channeling Zach Littell here. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Oh, you're you're calling the the, the kettle black here because yeah, you know you're yeah. a pretty crappy reliever. I mean, you have an ERA over five. You know, you you got yourself into the mess that you know last night to begin with. So don't come talking to me about how like it's my fault. Well, this game is pointless. <laughs> this the season is lost. It's not you know, pointless it's, to the people who are trying to make a living, okay? You know? It's every man for himself at this point. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> and Littell was like, it's, he wanted to make sure that he, he, Kepler knew where he stood. Yeah, yeah. It was like, uh, wow. Wow. I, I loved I loved how today they were like, well, we made it clear to him that, uh, that this was performance-based. This wasn't a punishment. Uh, but at the same time, your attitude is part of your performance. <laughs> yeah. So we're not demoting you because of what happened yesterday, but we're definitely demoting you because of what happened yesterday. That's right. <laughs> Which we're, is take, this... we're taking into account the bigger picture, but yesterday's part of that picture, right? I mean, it's... <laughs> and it might be the most important part of the picture. It's definitely the most recent. <laughs> it's definitely the most recent. Well, on that note, thanks for demoting me to AAA. Um, you're yeah, still unaccomplished. Yeah. That's just the way this works, Matthew. <laughs> All right. All we're, right. We're in the closing month of the season. This is where I, te- I, I this is where I start putting on the tags every week. And this I is just... why I forgot. This is why I forgot esteemed. Which, by the way, 
you 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 cheated. <laughs> you scammed me into getting. You scammed. Well, do you blame me? Look, now I'm, I'm like redolent and venerable and unaccomplished. Like, I mean, I had to throw in an esteemed in there just to kind of balance the table here. Yeah, that's true. You are an old smelly. <laughs> Unaccomplished guy, I'm what? Unaccomplished debonair fellow. Venerable <laughs> <laughs> uh, is a good one. It, uh, does, it, it does sound like a compliment, doesn't it? it, it, it now I'm going to look it up because, yeah, accorded a <laughs> yeah, great but, deal but, of respect, especially because of age, wisdom, or character. And I have all three of those. So, <laughs> absolutely. Right. Yeah, it just means you're old. Venerable. Redolent means you smell good. You you smell you smell like grandpa's closet. And I'm sure for some people out there that's like a happy smell. For some other people that might be a horrifying smell. I don't know. Okay. All right. right. We should probably right. move on to, to Yeah, to anyway, folks, today is Wednesday, <laughs> September 14th as we record this podcast. The San Francisco Giants still exist. Um and besides the game where Zach Littell got himself uh booted off the team, uh, they played seven other games this week. They had eight games. And they won half of them. They had a better winning record over the last eight days than they have for the whole season. Yeah. Uh, it dropping... actually felt that way, too. It felt like yeah. you know, this was a great week. Yeah. They dropped two to the to the Brewers, which I'm glad that they did. Because the Brewers are still only two games out of that last wild card spot behind... The Padres. Our, our good friends, the Padres. There's still time for the Padres to Padre. And it and could the Giants, be the last three games of the season. The Giants could play a role in that. And we're going to find out what kind of resolve the Giants have left in them, you know, that last weekend. As long as the Brewers do their part. But anyway, the Giants did their part by losing to them two games. But then the Giants went to Chicago and they won the, the series of pointlessness. Uh, and then they won the series, um, a, a very important series for the Braves, because they're competing against the Mets for the first place spot in the NL East. But not only that, the number one seed, sorry, the number two seed in the National League, which really, really matters, because if you finish in second, that's like winning a series in the playoffs, mm. because you get a bye. The, the the worst division winner has to play in uh, the first round against the worst wild card, and then the other two wild card teams play each other. So while there's not much to really care about in terms of the wild card, really it's only the Brewers and the Padres and the Phillies, right? Everything else looks at this point pretty locked up. But the positions are not locked up, and what's really interesting about that is, is that the, the top two seeds from each league get a bye. And that's like winning a series. And so the way that's it right now is that the Mets and the Braves are battling for that number two spot. Right. They're, and they're neck and neck. And that's why it really, really mattered, this, this series against the Braves. So, um, you know, and the Giants looked really, really good, especially my boy Camilo, especially today, striking yeah. out the side, looking pretty nasty. Ever since he's added that sinker, oh, my God. Yeah, that's just like giving a guy with, like, you know— uh, I mean, a, a you know a machine gun, and then and then also giving him like a, a you know, I'm I'm terrible at at, at, at analogies. <laughs> a but grenade launcher. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yes, um, a missile launcher. I think was what I was going for. But yes, grenade launcher. Now he's got something else to kind of blow people away with, and it's awesome. 
He's got three. He's got three phases on that gun. He's got machine gun. He's got grenade launcher, and he's got flamethrower. The mm. cutter's the flamethrower. Hmm. The sinker, I guess, is the grenade launcher, and I was gonna say the slider's the machine gun. Machine gun. Maybe he doesn't have machine gun at all. Maybe he's all got weird stuff. Oh, yeah. Maybe got, it's like that... missiles, grenade launchers, and man, I feel like a fifteen-year-old boy right now. <laughs> Uh, video game guns, folks. Video game. I did not have any grenade launchers when I was fifteen. But potato launchers. Yeah. Potato oh yeah, launchers, absolutely. But, but, no, but, but yeah. no. But no. 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 <laughs> no grenade launchers. Uh, yeah. So that's how the Giants did. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about probably none of that, are we? Where we there was some interesting things that did happen though. Besides that, which we are going to cover. Um, one something good happened to Wilmer Flores. Right. Yeah. We saw something yeah. very interesting. It, there was a seminal moment for Farhan Zaidi. A mm-hmm. very important time moment happened for him. Um, but we're not going to talk about any of those because Bob's got a question for you, Matthew. All right, Bob, hit it. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, Bob, I, I, as I mentioned last week, because you know we're trying to get into the habit of announcing our drinks the previous week for the next, which actually causes a little bit of of problems for us for two reasons. One is we actually have our act have to have our act together enough to actually think of a second drink uh, before we actually do the current podcast, which is a task in itself. Uh, the second part is actually remembering it to, to remembering to announce it on air uh, because uh, Ben always forgets. So his is a surprise today, uh, but. But mine, I mentioned last week, was going to be the Sunflower. And the Sunflower is uh, an interesting cocktail in that it mirrors uh, a famous cocktail called The Last Word. And The Last Word uh, is known, actually, has the, the, what, what is distinctive about it is that it has equal parts of four different uh, components of three-quarter ounces each. And so this, when I saw this cocktail, it re- immediately reminded me of that. Uh, but it's a more summery kind of fresh uh, cocktail, and, and I will tell you what's in it. It's uh, three-quarter ounces of gin. And I have actually tried it both with the London Dry and with a local kind of distillery or, you know, very uh, lots of botanical kind of gin. And both are lovely. Uh, I did. I think that if you stick with the dry gin, however, it does kind of um, the, the, the gin doesn't overtake the drink. So uh, I, I went with dry gin today. Uh, three quarter ounces of orange liqueur, Cointreau in this case, uh, three quarter ounces of elderflower liqueur. And three quarter ounces of lemon juice, and uh, then you take a coupe glass and you chill it, uh, and then uh, you spritz it or rinse the inside with absinthe, uh, and then dump the glass. Um, I have a little spritzer that I filled with absinthe, and uh, makes it really nice because you just spray the inside of the glass, and, the, and it clings to the glass. You don't have to do any dumping or anything like that. Saves uh, on the absinthe over time. Uh, so do you do that? Then you shake the other ingredients, all the the three quarter ounces of all that, and into a shaker with ice, and you shake it up until it's really cold, and then double strain it into the coupe glass that has been prepared with absinthe. Garnish it with a lemon peel. And it's a very refreshing, um, kind of on the sweet side, definitely, uh, but a nice uh, summery cocktail, very fragrant, and, um, and and I'm really enjoying it. So, cheers. No, 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 Bob, allow me. That sounds like a tasty cocktail, Matthew. 
It really is, Ben. It's, uh, you know, I, and that's one of the fun things about doing this podcast. Is you get to kind of go and explore different different uh, options and different cocktails. And uh, this was a find, I think. So anyway, Ben, or Bob, rather, why don't you ask Ben what he's drinking? What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Um, I... I I have been forgetting to to mention my cocktail that I am going to make the next week. I, I don't really know why this happens, um, but I think it's Matthew already kind of gets super excited about announcing what he's going to be drinking next week. And so he does. And then after that, we just kind of forget and we start, you know, it's been so long since we've talked about baseball. We just dive into the baseball. So my apologies. But at least, you know, maybe maybe you maybe you all like the surprise. Maybe you don't want to know ahead of time. So so what is my surprise? My surprise today is the old Cuban. Now, as everybody knows, I've been trying to get into the tiki, and, and I have been doing that the last couple of weeks, and I was fully intending to do another tiki cocktail. And I think this cocktail is kind of tiki adjacent, which is kind of how I found it, because it is a rum-based cocktail. But as I was looking through all of my sources, and I have all kinds of sources, and I was looking for an established tiki cocktail, so it wasn't something I was trying to invent. And uh, I have books, and I have internet. You know, I use my friend DuckDuckGo to do the searching. And um, but I was on YouTube looking at one of my one of my many bartending channels that I am um, subscribed to, and I was on the channel uh, behind the bar with with Kara what Kara Devine so I got this from Kara she is the Irish lady that lives in Australia so she's got this kind of weird funky accent you know if you know you know and uh and that's where I got the inspiration from her now I did do a little bit of research on this cocktail it was I guess invented by somebody named Audrey Saunders but even despite that, even though this was this cocktail was only invented about 20 years ago, um, of course, everybody makes it a little bit differently. Um, so what is it? The recipe that I'm using today is an ounce and a half rum, three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup, three quarters of an ounce of lime juice, uh, two dashes of Angostura bitters, and six mint leaves. You chuck all of those into a shaker with ice, you shake it up, and then you double strain that uh, to get rid of any gross little mint leaf parts uh, into a coupe cocktail glass. You serve this up and you garnish it with a mint leaf that you should uh, gently tap on the palm of your hand before you put it into the cup. Um, oh, and before you put the mint leaf in, though, this is super important, and this is why I, I was drawn to this cocktail you top it off with with what, Matthew? What do you think you top it off with? Uh, mint. The blood of your enemies. No, oh. no. I wasn't okay. No, not not the blood of your enemies. No, champagne, of course. Oh yes, champagne, which because is not anywhere on your list of ingredients that you put on there. Which is what I was looking at when you asked me that question. <laughs> so. I'm glad well, that you actually asked because I, uh, when I do the ingredients tomorrow on our little social media thing, maybe it would be important to list that. I don't know what you're talking about. It's right there. Look at that. It's right there <laughs> oh, on the list. My right, bad. Right there. My bad. Yes. Yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, anyway, it creates a very um, 
well, refreshing minty uh, cocktail that I, I think is actually, you know, it works well in any season. It, it's very um, refreshing, but also has this kind of nice little little holiday feel to it. Um, it's also good for celebrating things because of the champagne. Um, I don't think this replaces the French 75 as my f- favorite cocktail. Um, but this is my favorite cocktail today. Mm, very, very tasty. And folks, put as much champagne on the top as you want. An ounce, two ounces, you know, the whole bottle, whatever floats your boat. And that's what I'm drinking. Oh, and next week, next week before Matthew starts, I'm going to make a shrunken skull. A co- the cocktail, the cocktail. Yes, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> a shrunken skull for Ben. And I'm going to do a surfliner, which is a little play on a tiki, but uh, a little bit uh, with, with rye. So looking forward to that. And uh, that's so come on back and um, hear how those went. Ben would actually could, could stand to use a, a shrunken skull, actually. So, I mean, he's got Bruce Bochian size head, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, if you shrunk my skull, it would just look normal. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, uh, I guess we got to talk about the Giants. And do we? Do we? Must we? You know, the giant cocktails. You know, it's called Giants. I just feel like we should do a little bit of that. Uh, All right. And the, so let's start with the big news. You mentioned it at the at the top. You know, Wilmer Flores uh, had had a good day this week and uh, coming back on a two year plus a third year option. And uh, uh, mutual option, which was interesting. Uh, but, uh, you know, Wilmer's getting paid and he's staying a giant. And what was great about that was when they asked him about, like, why he you know got it done now instead of testing the open market. He was like, you know, money's not everything. And I really love the Giants culture and I love being here and I wanted to be here. And it's just really refreshing to hear, you know, a baseball player say that, you know, especially one that we love, like Wilmer Flores. And, um, and you know, and, and this was you know, sentiments aside, this was a good baseball move. And and I'm really glad that they brought him back. I mean, he has easily been our most consistent player this year. Uh, very reliable. He's hitting the clutch. Uh, and, you know, you want guys that are versatile and clutch like like Wilmer. And, and the fact that he knows his role, he knows that he's that he's uh, that he's definitely um, you know, a jack of all trades. In fact, I think I read somewhere that he was the only giant in history to start 50 games at third base, second base, and first base uh, in a career with the Giants. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that's saying a lot. And I think that's, that's great that he's got, uh, that we're going to get to see him for another couple of years. Yeah. I mean, the, who doesn't like Wilmer Flores? Right. I mean, you know, how can you not one... like a guy that does that walks up to with the theme song from Friends? Right. I mean, if you look if you look at his backstory and, you know, he's just a nice guy. He's a nice guy who loves to play baseball. And and and, and I think is probably a nice guy that you just like to know. And, and, you know, I don't you know, I'm just a fan and maybe that's hyperbole. But like I, I you, you get that genuine sense. Everybody seems to like this guy. And I think it's very, very telling that he goes out and he signs a $13 million uh, two-year contract with, with yes, with the third year with the mutual option um, because he likes the organization. And, and I think that says a lot that a person like Wilmer Flores feels that way about the San Francisco Giants because at the very least, 
you know that that means the organization it takes care of its people, right? I mean, obviously, this is a this is a, a a business, and you have to make business decisions, and 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 obviously, Wilmer is a great business decision. Um, and I think that actually factors in a little bit because I think he gave him a little bit of a discount. I think he left some money on the table with thirteen million. Yes. And um, you know, it, it, this is like, this is a, a really good sign and a, and a really good signing of all the players that, of this of the veteran players that you said who should come back that that was up for their contract. Um, I, I think he was he would be near the top of my list, if not at the very top. Right, because I, I mean, I guess on the other side, you know, last week we heard. Farhan Zaidi saying that they need to get younger and more athletic, and then they bring back someone like Wilmer. So on the surface, you'd think, okay, well, we don't want to keep bringing everybody back. There's only so many slots here, Farhan. And but I think Wilmer kind of is the one that helps helps them make decisions in other positions because now they've got somebody they can rely on that plays a pretty steady, if not spectacular, you know, infield at three different spots. Exactly right. And I think he gives them a little bit of insurance um, with with David VR, and I think now that kind of settles third base and first base, right? I mean, you know, at least in terms of like the Giants are probably not going to go out and get a big free. Not that there are any free agents available that are big at those positions, but it kind of like solidifies that position. I mean, there is a little bit of a question mark with other players. But I think really this is kind of the first step, though, in I don't necessarily know that we want to call it a rebuild um, because we're rebuilding from what exactly. But this is I think this is the first step in towards building the 2023 Giants. That is a significant step. Right. Right. Um, And but but as you said, I mean, it it kind of does leave a, a, a lot of question marks around some other people and i thought maybe we could talk about that a little bit we could talk about what who's in who's out how much space is there that so that we can fit in trey turner and aaron judge (laughs) right like how how does the rest of this team fit around those two guys matthew that's what we're going to be trying to answer right now okay well i mean the short answer is it like if you got signed both of those, then everybody else just takes a back seat, right? Uh, I, and I think the only thing that's a question mark on that is how much deference do they give to a Brandon Crawford if they sign a Trey Turner, you know? And and when I say deference is, is do they ask Trey Turner to play second base? Uh, or do they, uh, do they cut ties with Brandon Crawford, which would be... Uh, I just don't see it happening. I don't see the Giants doing that to one of their all-time greats. Uh, I think they'll give him a farewell kind of season. But uh, but again, you know, this is the fifth year of the Farhan Zaidi era, and we expected results at this point. So maybe sentiment goes out the door at some point. I don't know. But I mean, it's all speculation because Trey Turner hasn't signed yet. But I think um, you're right. They need to uh, go after those types of players and then, uh, and then once those are in place, then you just start kind of filling in around them. And some of them, some of our the players that we know and love right now, won't be on the team next year. Right. I mean, I, I think, I think that's a good point. I, I think that. I guess the question is, who is that? Right. Okay. I mean, it, yeah. it, because I mean, I'll you start. Say that. I'll start with the with. Yeah. I'll throw a, a log on the fire. 
how about starting off with Evan Longoria? And and I, you know, I've been seeing these articles. It's like it makes more and more sense for Evan Longoria to come back next year. And I'm like, does it though? Does it really? Because you know, I I, I think back to different sport, but you know, the 49ers, for example, in their heyday in the 80s, they would get rid of players a year too early rather than a year too late. And that's how they kept their dynasty going, right? And uh, you know, Joe Montana was a pretty successful comporter. I mean, uh, quarterback after he left, but Steve Young was the guy, and and they did that in numerous different positions, and and it kept them going for quite a long time, and and I feel like we need to take a page from that and the sentimentality and all that. Yes, it's nice to have someone like Longoria, but you can't have nice to haves and need to haves at the same time sometimes. And I think with 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 Wilmer coming back, and David VR. Uh, continuing to show that he uh, is a viable candidate for third base uh, or first base uh, next year, along with J.D. Davis, who also plays third base. I just feel like we Longoria is a is a is superfluous, and we don't need him. And if we want to get younger and more athletic, uh, then that's a place to do it because Longoria, you know, hits a ball off the wall and can only leg out a single because his hamstrings like holding him back. You know, I, I think that those are the types of things that we just need to get move move beyond. So I'm throwing Evan Longoria's name out there as one of the ones that we don't want back. Well, that's a really that's a really interesting thing because because. You know, I, I know last week, you know, you were like, burn it all down. I want I want to see the Giants, which which sounds like a very Ben thing to I say. I meant we're the bullpen. Event, so but yeah, I know. I enjoy, yes, burn it all down, Ben. Burn it all down. Yeah, burn it all down, including Evan Longoria. Right? Yes. Y- y- yeah, you want to lock him in the door. You want to you want to you want to block the door, throw some chains on the door and let Evan burn with the building. Right. Because you're cold hearted. <laughs> and. And and looking to the future, like I just, I, I think that we need to move on. I, I think that, and and I'll be honest, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I never felt connected to Evan Longoria as a giant. Okay, he will always and forever be a Tampa Bay Ray, and that's just the way it is. He's not a giant, never has been. I've never felt connected to the guy, uh, you know. And and so just get rid of him. Get rid of him. Wow. Ouch. Does Ev- but does Farhan Saidi agree, Matthew? Because here's the thing. Evan Longoria was mic'd up on the ESPN game. And he said, and granted, you know, who knows? Maybe this was lip service. Maybe this was fan service. Maybe yeah, he said he wanted just, to come back. I don't he know. said he wanted to come back. And Zaidi said it was encouraging. <laughs> because I heard of him speaking. I hadn't heard of him speaking of his desire to play next year in those relatively certain terms. Now we know that. Also, he says, we've expressed interest in Jock Peterson. Yeah. Oh, and that just at that point, like I think half of Giants Nation, all, all the all Giants fans out there just like moaned. Like, I, I think that was the earthquake that you felt in Santa Rosa yesterday was just this this like everybody just falling over all at once. Sure. Well, I wasn't in Santa Rosa yesterday, so I didn't feel no earthquake. But I will tell you this. If that's what made them moan, wait till you hear what I have to say next. Okay. He also said that the Giants will monitor first baseman Brandon Belt's knee injury and see whether he wants to return to San Francisco next year. Oh my God! Okay, so I I, I think I had heard whispers of that, but I hadn't actually heard that exact quote. And give me a second here. 
Oh, come on! Come on! I mean, I I love Brandon Belt. I love the captain, but come on! Calm down, Matthew. No, Bob. I'm not going to calm down. I'm not going to calm down on this because, you know, how can you in one breath say you want to get younger and and more athletic and then bring back like the oldest and unathletic guys on the team? Like 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 Jock Peterson, if you look at his at his speed compared to the rest of the he's like in the top 2% of 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 outfielder speed. Like like Brandon Bell on one leg, like they're monitoring his knee. He doesn't have a knee anymore, Farhan. It's just like dangling there and just <laughs> Are you drunk? No. I'm not drunk on this one. I'd like, you know, we could easily blame it on the sunflower, but no. I am not drunk. I am I am I am sober and and I think Farhan is the one that's drunk to keep talking about these old players as if he's going to bring them back. I mean at this point he's just yanking our chain and like you can't you can't bring them back and get younger and and bring in like you know better talent. You, you got something's got to give and it's it's got to be the old guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so far, so what we heard in this, this, this is all in one article, by the way, folks, uh, on, on MLB.com. Uh, the headline that I see says, Zaidi addresses SF's off-season priorities, in which he talks about possibly keeping Longoria, although he was responding to Longoria's desire to stay. Um, but he also says they're going to be keeping tabs on Belt. He also says that they're interested in keeping Jock Peterson... And, you know, I'm sure he's probably thinking in his mind, I'm so glad that Tommy LaStella is still under contract. Right? <laughs> I mean, he's probably thinking that. And, um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You cannot keep those guys and also get younger and more athletic. Beyond that, I mean, Jock Peterson was relatively healthy. You know, he, he played primarily against right-handers. But let's talk about Longoria and Belt. Both of them, up to this point in the season, have played the same number of games which is 78. These are two guys who cannot stay healthy. And and I, I get it with Longoria. It's a little bit of a, of a more, because it's an $8 million question with him, right? Because you have a $5 yeah. million buyout versus a $13 million uh, uh, contract. contract. Yeah. And and so 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 it's an eight million dollar question with him, and so so to a certain extent that's a relative bargain, you know, considering getting a player of his caliber and with his his experience. Um, and so you know, I I understand that he's compelling, but I just don't see any scenario where the Giants have more than one of those four guys, and I'm I'm including Listella, although we're going to get to Listella's group a little bit later. Um. I just don't see the Giants having more than one of these guys, right? And 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 keeping and keeping true to their word of wanting to get younger because they will also have Crawford and now they have Flores, right, as well. So so where exactly are you getting younger if you're signing all of these guys? I think at best you sign one of them, and and that and then you assume that he's going to be a bench player or a platoon player at best. So that's my that's my hope. Because it certainly is starting to look a little bit crowded, isn't it? Yes. Like, where does Aaron Judge go? Okay, yeah, you've still got spots in the outfield, but that also brings up some question marks. And where does, uh, you know, where does, uh, where do, where does this, you know, Trey Turner or the other person like him go? Is he also in the outfield? 
because Trey Turner is a tough fit already when you have Crawford and Estrada in the equation. Now you have Wilmer Flores and Longoria coming back too. It doesn't look like there's any room for another infielder. Right. Uh, so, you know, so it, it, you're limiting yourself and what you can do by, by signing these older injury prone guys um, and, you know, because they're still going to take up a, up a spot on your 40 man roster. They're still going to take up a spot up on your 26 man roster. And, uh, it just doesn't really make any sense. So, so right now I think we're getting really mixed signals from Farhan Zaidi and, and I get it. They're trying to keep all their options open and they probably don't want to alienate any of these guys in case they do need to go to them. But seriously, it's gotta be one of them and one of them only. Right? Yes. And and I would be happy with none of them. Like I I feel like because because then you, you forget that too. When we start signing these guys, then you're taking up a spot for someone who, you know in the minors who's performing well. Like Casey Schmidt moved up to Double A this year. You know, I, maybe halfway through the year he's ready and and you know he's tearing Triple A apart or Double A and he's ready. You're you're blocking, and I know maybe you're not really looking at that far ahead, but you should be because this is a team that that uh, is in transition. And, and, you know, we want the younger guys to come up and get experience. And Evan Longoria, you know, is in, in his 70 games that he plays every year is not going to make the difference that maybe, you know, someone like Casey Schmidt could or or, you know, certainly Trey Turner could. Right. Right. And, and, and I would much rather see the Giants trying to do what, what, like what the Orioles were trying to do this year. Which is, you know, they started bringing up their top prospects, trying to trying to infuse some magic into their season. It it, it hasn't worked out for them. I but... think it did. I think it it it, it did. In a, I mean, for that organization, it kept them interesting for a lot longer than they've been in a long time. I think the bar is a little higher for the Giants. Well, sure. I mean, sure, but it, but it didn't help the Orioles win a wild card, which they probably won't. Right. Um. You know the. My my point is is that yeah I mean you you want to you want to keep space right like I don't know exactly who that's going to be for the Giants next year right like because as we talked about last week there is nobody on the offensive side of the ball that that has any that looks like they're ready to break through next year I mean maybe if Grant McRae keeps doing his lightning you know yeah. rocket ride up the up to the you know I think he seems like the only one in the outfield maybe, is that what you mean. Uh, I mean, on general. the offense, anywhere, offense. Oh. Well, yeah, offense, and then I mean, VR is, 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 you know. No, I expect uh, VR to be on the 26-man roster. Okay, so you're saying beyond VR, okay. Yeah, no, I'm saying, like, you know, if you're going to have somebody and bring them up mid-season. Like, right, yeah. yeah. The, the, the Giants just don't have anybody, but if it's going to be anybody, it's probably going to be somebody like McRae. Or, you know, Will Wilson had a, kind of a lost year this year. I mean, granted, he's an infielder, and so, as we said, it's already crowded there. Yeah. But, um but yeah, I, I mean, I, I just I just don't see the Giants bringing back all of these guys who are known equations. And especially what we know is that they get injured a lot. And Farhan Zaidi seems to either have a blind spot or an attraction to... He, he really likes guys who are hurt. Well, because they're bargains and he can get them for, you know, shorter, con shorter contract for, sh you know, I don't know if money's is necessarily, I mean, I'm sure that factors into it, but I think that he likes the flexibility of having, you know, smaller contracts, or, you know, shorter contracts with the injured guys and, you know, and guys that have produced in the past and you're rolling the dice on them, but you can't keep building a roster around, around almost or what ifs and all that. You need to have some sure things in there. And this year we, we saw that we didn't have a lot of sure things. No, no. All right. So, okay. So let's, let, let, let's talk about this then. 
so who do you think is definitely in next year from the current roster? Who's definitely out? Uh, and and who um, you know who who's maybe a little bit on the fence? Okay, should I give you one from each? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then you can give yours. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw the softball in there. I'm gonna get the easy one out of the way. I think Joey Bart will be back. Okay, and I mean, if there's a sure thing on the roster for next year, and kudos to him because that was not the case at the beginning of this year, or you know, maybe the first after the first month or two of the season. But Joey Bart, you know, has proven that he can and will be the catcher at least in the short future, if not the long term future. Uh, so I think Bart will be back. Uh, out, I think. Um, God, Tommy Lastella has got to go. I mean, he just there's no there's no plausible reason to keep him on the roster. I mean, they're not even playing him now, and he's healthy, right? Or oh no, that's right. He no. See, I, I can't even keep up with the guy because he's like he's like you know on the DH, and then he's and then he's on the DIL, and then that's right. So he's out again. Uh, you know, just get just cut bait. Cut bait with the guy, uh, you know, just give him his $11.5 million and send him on his way. He's got to be, because he doesn't fit into the roster, especially now you have Wilmer Flores and and David VR. Uh, you just, um, and I get it that he's a left-handed hitter, but he's, he's he's holding the team back and he's like, he can't really, I don't know. He's just, he's gone. Okay, for a lot of reasons, he's gone. Uh, debatable? I think there are three really interesting positions out there, but I'm going to give you the most controversial. I think Yaz could be debatable. Now, I'm not saying that he's definitely not going to be on the team next year, but I think he's not safe. Like, like he's not a no-brainer safe guy. Uh, this, is why, this is why you're old and smelly. Yeah, to- and venerable. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I just... I mean, I love Yaz... But he hasn't necessarily been. I mean, he's really now just a, a, a an upgraded defense in the corner in a corner outfield spot, and and a and a platoon type player against right-handers, and uh, and I don't know if we need more of that. And 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 so it just depends on who they get in the offseason that could maybe fill his role at a better role, better rate. I I I feel like he could be one that could be gone next year. Now, do I think that will happen? No, but I, I certainly think that that's debatable. I think that you could make the argument that he, he's not coming back. All right. Well, <clears throat> yeah. I, I, let let me give you one of each as well. Um, I think you're totally right about Joey Bart. I'm just going to throw this out there now because I'm a little bit I'm a little bit drunk because I finished my second cocktail and, and and I'm finishing off my my little bit of champagne that I have left. Oh man. And I'm feeling optimistic. I think Joey Bart's a dark horse for the MVP next year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right, so uh, the old Cuban folks, the old <laughs> Cuban, if you want uh, to, to to feel really good about yourself, and it's Joey really, Bart, it's really just a rum-based French seventy-five. And if you have been with the show from the beginning, you know how I get when I'm oh, French seventy-five. Oh, Ben puts champagne in a cocktail, and he's 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 having a good time. It's we're getting right. some good content. 
Well, I feel like if we give him a higher ceiling, then maybe his 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 low end will be higher, right? So maybe so maybe he starts out the next season just mediocre, and then he has like MVP caliber numbers in the second half, and so he just finishes just sort of good. Okay. Right? I'll take it. Okay. All right. All right. Uh but for me, for me, the the player that sticks out, I mean, is is your starting second baseman Tyro Estrada. And and I think that's interesting because we just talked about how crowded suddenly the infield is with Wilmer Flores and maybe we want to go get Trey Turner and we have Brandon Crawford and we have Evan Longoria. I think Estrada rises above and he is still your starting second baseman next year. Now, what does that mean in terms of Crawford and 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 somebody like Trey Turner or even Dansby Swanson or Correa if he opts out of his contract? See ya. I Shana. don't know. See ya. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe he sits on the bench. Yeah, they're probably going to go with the old guys and get rid of Estrada, aren't they? They're just going to make me look bad. But anyway, I'm going with Estrada. He's the keeper. All right. All right. Um, I I think I think out. You know what? You stole Tommy Listella from me. I I have not been a believer in Tommy Listella from the very beginning. See, that's true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I stole your thunder on that one. I just saw his name there, and I was like, oh I, no, he can't come back. But you're you're right. Well, you have been okay. beating that drum for a while. You know what? I actually actually now that I think about it, now that I think about it, I realize I shouldn't have said I should have swapped these two. Estrada is out. Listella is in. That's the way given, it's gonna be. Yeah, given the way this organization has been doing things, given the way, like, yeah, like they're gonna be like, oh, Tommy Listella, he's good, he's great. You haven't seen him yet, but wait until you do. Yes. <laughs> Once that Achilles heals itself, <laughs> it'll be fine. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think in terms of like uh, offensive players, he's the one that is definitively out, uh, or should be anyway. Um, you know, I, 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 although I will say. You talk about Yaz, well, there's the other guy that, that, that especially now that we have Wilmer signed and David Villar is probably going to be on the 26-man next year, you know, where where does, where do you, and you talked about Yaz, where does Lamont Wade stand in all of this? Mm-hmm. Because he's, you know, he's had a worse lost season than than Yaz has. Yaz actually was like the one guy on the team carrying carrying us in May. Yeah, right? and and his defense has has still his, given his, him a positive uh, war. So. Right. Yeah. Yaz has had a positive war, and he's hitting two oh nine now. And granted, the whole all of Major League Baseball's hitting is down, right? So a two oh nine is not as bad as it sounds. Right. But Lamont Wade is in the ones, right? He's yes. hitting what one eighty something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he just he just never came back from that that knee injury. And, you know, he's starting to look like a flash in the pan. And and I don't see that there's any way that they have we have both Yaz and Lamont Wade on this roster next year Hmm. on on opening day. Right. Because they're both left handed bats. They're both kind of power hitters. Uh, Yes, Lamont Wade is is more versatile, but I think Yaz is a better defender. And I think Yaz's ceiling is higher. Yes. Granted, Yaz is also older, so I, I don't know. But I, I think it's very, very likely that one of these two is not on the opening day roster next year. And I think that's big news because fans really love both of those guys. Right. Well, and then and then there was you know former Rookie of the Year candidate Luis Gonzalez, 
you know, who's also a left-handed outfielder who hasn't really been performing, you know, in the second half of the year. Is he a flash in the pan? Is he someone that, you know, if they bring in another outfielder, uh, you know, he could be a casualty as well. So, yeah, the outfield is a huge question mark going into next year, I think. Right, right. Starting with, and, you know, their their starting right fielder, Aaron Judge, and then how do you build around that? No, Aaron's going to play left field. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, and Yaz would play right then, I guess? Yeah, Yaz would play right. I would, I would, uh, I think Aaron Judge And Lewis Judge Brinson is... as a center fielder. We're done. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know why. Last week was a weird episode. You edited that episode beautifully, by the way, because oh, I you. was, I I think I I was blackout drunk in that episode, quite honestly. <laughs> and uh, I mean, not really, but it but it felt like it, it, it sounded like it when it I showed the like footage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, but I I, I you know, we talked about Lewis Brinson way too much, and David VR not enough. I I, I think Brinson is nothing. Like he, the guy has had close to a thousand at bats. He's already proven himself to be. He's a quadruple A player at best. Right. Well, that, and I don't think he's uh, has any options yet either. Right. So, yeah. Like, and you know, and so. I think and I think I mean I, that just that only just exemplify or sorry that only uh, elevates the arguments that I was making last week, which is it's really a demonstration of how bad the current organization is. Right. Like the, the the state of the minor leagues at at the at least at the AAA level and how bad or non-existent it is. Um, the fact that we're bringing somebody like Brinson, who we basically know is a nothing, um, you know, so he he's not he's not going to be there. But that being said, I, I think Aaron Judge, you know, playing anywhere else, Oracle besides Oracle, yes, he would be a right fielder at Oracle. He's your left fielder. Fair enough. And and I I will I will go out on a limb and say that the starting center fielder for the Giants is not on the roster right now for next year. Yeah, and I don't know who's available right now in terms of like like free agents. I don't I haven't really looked into that either, but I just we don't have a candidate. You know who play who's played a little bit of outfield this year and might they might try to put in the outfield a little bit more. And you know how much I hate this. You know how much I hate putting guys in positions they don't play. You know, your starting second baseman might be your starting center fielder next year. <laughs> oh, that's <sighs> That's asking a lot. I mean, I, it is. It, and don't you think? Don't you think this organization would ask him to do that? Well, I, he's played left field. We've seen him do that a little bit. We're talking about Tyro Estrada, and and I think that I, I putting him in center field in Oracle Park. No, no. I mean, okay. you can hide his deficiencies in left a little bit, but he's not a center fielder. I mean, he's he's been a valuable player. And I will say, can you can you reminisce to the beginning of last year, right before opening day? And they were still looking for a certified like backup to to Crawford. They didn't have a backup shortstop in their system ready, and so they traded the the Yankees a DFA Estrada, and they traded him for cash to the Giants. And how how valuable was that? Was and huge. uh to to the Giants this year. And and so uh so I I'm, I love Estrada. He's definitely grown on me. Uh, but he's not a center fielder. And so I'm standing with my statement that the starting center fielder for the Giants is not on the 40-man roster at this point. And it could be someone maybe like a McCray or someone like that that just jumps out and they say, go for it. Uh, or, but, but I also think it's equally likely that they get somebody from the outside via trade or free agency. Well, we should definitely we should definitely do some research. And I encourage the listeners to do this research as well 
to figure out who that might be. I, I, I think it's probably, you know, maybe they go with some guy who can't hit, but it's really, this seems outside of, I just, there's just no, no, I'm sorry. There's no way they do this. There's no way they go out there and get a great defensive center fielder to be their starting center fielder because that's not what Farhan Zaidi does. <laughs> that's not what, Gabe Kapler won't put him out there if he gives him it. No, they want someone who can hit. Who can, they want somebody know, who can hit, but but hit like, more than the than the runs that they allow. Right. Yeah. Okay. So here are the free agents in order of age that play the outfield, and some of these I apologize, I don't know some of these names. Nomar Mazzara. Andrew oh yeah, Benin- Nomar. <laughs> Andrew Benintendi. Now that's oh. a name I recognize. But I don't know how good he is defensively. Joey Gallo. <laughs> no, he's, he's no no. Uh, Brandon Nimmo. Okay. Yes. Does he play center field? I, I was in the assumption he's he was a, a corner he's an, outfielder. he's an outfielder. Jeffrey uh, Ye- Perez is the first center fielder. He, he's 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 thirty one and a half right now. Uh, Guillermo Heredia, Raymond Fuentes, Mitch Haniger. Okay. Well, what they're likely going to do is they're going to trade for some AAA guy that has an on base percentage of like 30, 370 in the minors, and uh, and they're going to throw him out there. That's what they're yeah. going to do. Here's a couple names for you. Alex Dickerson. <laughs> okay. Here's a name that here's a name that like five years ago for defensive center fielder. I mean, maybe still now you'd get excited. Billy Hamilton. Huh? Okay. Here's a name that I'm just gonna throw out there just because it's fun. And he's not a center fielder. Will Myers. Uh. Giant killer coming home. <laughs> he could be the Jock uh, Peterson of uh, this year, right? He could uh, maybe he could hit more home runs than he hit against us and uh, tone for yeah. it. I mean, they just get older and older from there. I mean, uh, Kiermaier, Bradley Jr., Billy Burns. All right, all right, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a nobody. There's nobody in the free agent market that can play center field. It's gonna have to be. It's gonna have to be somebody that we never heard. Oh, Jerickson Profar. His name was on there. I will throw his name out there. Um, the, but but I, I think it's gonna have to be a, a replacement player kind of guy. It's gonna have to be a guy who can catch the ball and can't hit, and he's gonna hit ninth in your lineup. Maybe he's fast. Maybe he can steal some bases, but you know, but he can't hit real well. So you put him in the nine hole, and boy, can he catch the ball. But I just don't see the Giants signing a guy like that. They don't believe a guy like that can play little league, much less be in the major league baseball. That's just not what the San Francisco Giants believe. They don't believe that defense is as 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 important as offense. So I just don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. And but that's why. Don't you, I you think, think that this year taught them a little lesson, though? No. No, I don't. Because people don't change. This is why Tyro Estrada is your starting center fielder. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I think we've beaten that one around. One thing I do want to talk about before we, we, we call it a day is uh, the rule changes that are coming up uh, next year. And uh, Wow. Like some big ones. I mean, not the one that I wanted. Robot umps, Major League Baseball. Robot umps. Okay. Uh, my God. This 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 last this whole week, every game. I'm like, yeah, that's a ball. Yep, that's a ball. Nope, nope, that was a strike. Like, I mean, like, how much do we? I mean, there's no other. I, okay, I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna go that route because we don't have a lot of time. I don't want to go down that route. I will save that rant for another time. But Next week, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I, I will say, like, though, that is the one thing that the Major League Baseball fan sees every time. We know what is a ball and what is a strike. The only one that doesn't know it is the umpire. 
Okay, and we need to fix that. But anyway, all right. So, uh, so we are moving to bigger bases, which uh, they're couching as like a safety thing. The injuries went down like thirteen percent in the minors when they made the bases bigger. I haven't really noticed personally that there's a lot of like like injuries happening from guys being on too small of a base. Uh, but what I do know is that two big bases adds about three or four inches, you know, in less lessens the distance between the first and second and second and third and third and home by a couple inches. And I see a lot of bang bang plays at second base that are safe and out by a couple of inches. So I think that could be kind of the unsung, like, wow, there could be some interesting things around there. But I mean, I think this is the move that's the least interesting. Yeah, it is. But I just feel I, like I, I feel like it could be like it could show itself in some interesting ways next year. I'm just going to leave well, it at that. Yeah. I, the one thing I will say that's interesting about this one is because the bases are bigger, they're not taller. So the slope bases are not flat, right? Yes, they, they have they this, a crown. Like, they have a crown. Yeah, they, on top, yeah. yeah they're kind of like a, like a pyramid shape. And uh, but because they're because they're wider but not taller, that slope is 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 lower. The angle is lower. So apparently, you slide over the base more. So even though the base is bigger, you're more likely to slide off the other end. So so that's you might see a, a guys who are sliding head first mm-hmm. might slide over the bag completely more. Uh, so you might see more pop-up slides, which are going to be safer because the base is bigger. I don't have any problem with this. I, I don't know that we're really even going to notice. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I probably not. Uh, okay, so then the next one, which definitely a big one, is the pitch clock. And, and tied into that is the amount of throws that you can make to first base and all the, I mean, there's some things in there that are going to fundamentally change the way and really add some strategy around that uh, so you can only throw over to second base two times before you have to commit or throw to a, an occupied base I should say two times before you have to throw home you know so there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that could be like gamesmanships and and getting people to throw over and then uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued by that uh, but but least of all I mean the amount of time that will be saved in these games time that we don't miss with pitchers fiddling on the mound, walking around the mound, trying to catch their breath, you know, saying a prayer to their mom, whatever, you know, then they get up on the mound and they throw a pitch and they do it all over again. Those days are gone and you're getting now two and a half hour games. This is one of the most exciting things to happen to baseball in 20 years. Yeah. I mean, this is as big as as juiced baseballs and juiced baseball players, right? And at least this is one that baseball is telling you is coming and and they're they're actively promoting. This is going to be huge and it's going to be beneficial to the fans. And by the way, in professional baseball, the group that matters the most is the fans. Okay, if you don't like I've heard some players complaining about all these things. I'm like, say, hey, and they're like, oh, I can't believe they're ruining the game. Nobody's ruining the game. If you want to go find 17 other people and play baseball, you can. Okay, you're playing baseball for money, my money, my entertainment dollars, which I can spend on Minecraft and I will. And do. if you're and do, and I will do it more if you're boring, and you guys are boring with your 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 batting glove adjustments and your spits and your crotch grabbing and your twirling and your you know your, your I don't know what you your, your mantras your prayers your, whatever it is that you're doing it bores the crap out of me and I am so glad that this pitch clock is coming 
It is going to make the game so much more exciting. It's going to mean less throwovers because, yeah, you're right. Like, you have this pitch clock, and you also can only throw over or step off twice. So now that means you're only going to throw over or step off when you actually think you can get the guy. And what you're probably going to want to do is, is make your movement more efficient and, and, and get to the plate faster. And it's going to make throwing catchers more important. Good throwing catchers are going to matter more. And base running and base stealing is going to come back to the game. And both of those are huge. And yes, there's going to be more pitches. There's going to be lower velocity pitches. So there's going to be balls in play. There's going to be more action in less time. This is an absolute win for the fans. And I don't care if the players don't like it. We'll find new players. There's there there are there are there are three times as many of you guys oh, out okay. there. Well, let's be clear. No one's going to be like, well, I'm not going to make my million dollar page, millions of dollar paycheck because I don't like the new rules. They're going to play the game the <laughs> way right. it was told. So whatever. I mean, they could say all they want. The game has changed and they're going to have to do it. Fair. You're absolutely right. What they say doesn't matter. What they think doesn't matter. The rule's coming and it and it's going to be great and nobody's going to care. None of the fans are going to care about what the players think anyway. Right. So I, yeah. So I'm excited about that. The final one is the banning of the shift. And and I think this one actually affects the Giants quite a bit, uh, mainly because they had a sucky infield this year. Uh, well, statistic-wise, their defense was one of the worst ever, if not, you know, in, in team history. And we watched it happen. And But they've also been one of the best teams at positioning their players on the shift. And so without the shift, I, I cringe to think, like, what could happen. And, and so... You got to think that the Giants are going to go into the offseason knowing that they have to get better defensively and will make those changes accordingly uh, because they've done that. They've, they've, they've looked at rule changes in the past and made changes accordingly. And this is the one of the biggest ones ever. And, you know, they're going to have to do that. The other thing that I will say on the offensive side is I saw a list of players that were uh, most affected by the shift this year, that hit into the most outs uh, against the shift this year. And in the top five was Mike Yastrzemski. And so Mike Yastrzemski, I think, had 17 hits taken away from him because of the shift this year, uh, one of the most in the majors. And you had 17 hits onto his batting average, and he's all of a sudden hitting you know, pretty respectable numbers. So uh, I feel like that, that could help the Giants too. So what do you think? Wow, well, 17, 17 hits, like 17 outs turned into hits for the Giants is huge. Yeah. If you spread those out over over 17 games, and if you don't even spread those out, if you group them up, that's huge. One guy, that's huge. I also think this is a good thing for the Giants because it forces them to get good defensive baseball players, which apparently they hate. <laughs> they apparently think defense is irrelevant. And uh, and maybe this will force them to rethink that. They're already rethinking that. You know, we need more athletic guys. They've been saying, you know. But we're going to sign Jock Peterson. And <laughs> I, I know, I know. They can't help themselves, Matthew. They can't help themselves. This is why this is why Tyro Estrada is going to be your opening day center fielder. Um, you know, I I think this is to me. I I do wish that it was like there's the stratus there's the strategist in me that feels like teams should be allowed to do this. Teams should be allowed to shift. And then people also say, you know, oh, baseball doesn't have any rules about positioning, which is not entirely true. Baseball does have rules around positioning. Everybody has to be in fair territory. Everybody except the catcher has to be facing the batter. And, and they also have plenty of rules around the pitcher and the catcher of where they can stand. So I don't think this is actually that big of a deal. 
telling people where they have to stand. Um, I I do think it it is it is taking a bit away from from the strategists though, and and I do. I, this is the one I'm the least excited about. But you know what? The thing is, is that everybody was always telling baseball players like, well, the the way to beat the shift is to not hit into the shift. The shift has been going on for ten years, and players refuse to do it. They refuse. And I don't know if that was because of other things, but players have not. There are no Tony Gwynns playing right now. Yeah, well, I I think it's an incredibly difficult thing to do, especially when the pitcher is pitching you in a way that they want you to hit into the shift. And so you either have to bunt, which we've seen players try to various degrees of success, uh, or you hit and just hope that it doesn't get in, hit into the shift. And so yeah. uh, we don't have to worry about that anymore. It'll yeah. be, it'll I, be think, I think all three of these moves, are, are nobody's going to care about them in a year. I think I think if anybody they're all going to say I'm so glad we did those things. To me, this is like I I, I don't usually sing the praises of, of the commissioner and the owners, but this is a this is a an area where they're absolutely right. This is this is the best thing for baseball. I, I do agree with you. I wish that we had the balls and strikes thing in there. I think that they're going to they're using they're using the same company that does Hawkeye for for tennis, mm. which they've only used for twenty years now. Yeah. Um, I think they should rename it Angel Eye, though. Oh. <laughs> oh. Huh? Huh? Uh, a little huh? Angel Hernandez reference there. Yeah. 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 Little, little, I hope it would little. be much more accurate than Angel Hernandez. So. <laughs> well, it would be it would be it would be exactly the opposite of Angel. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, hey, we're uh, we're getting to the hour here. We should probably wrap this up. Uh, uh, Bob, why don't you tell them where they can find us? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's right. Twitter and Instagram at Giant Cocktails. Uh, give us a follow. Come on over, look at our, our we'll have our, our uh, recipes up there for the cocktails. Uh, definitely give us a follow there. Uh, I got nothing. I think that's it. That's all I had to say. I was going to have some witty thing to end it with, but I, I don't, I don't even know now. Um, that's because you're venerable. That's and it. Redolent. I'm and debonair. Yes, debonair. And and you know what? You are accomplished. You are accomplished. Thank you. But but your your stamp is still unaccomplished. Okay. All right. Well, at least I got a little. I'll take the, that little the, nugget. All the, right. the label is still there. <laughs> All right. Well, I got a whole other week to 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 either you know to either validate that or or uh, or or you know turn it around. So yeah, we'll this, see. This is this is on your permanent record. I'm sorry. Oh. <sighs> Right. Then you're going to get a new label next week, and maybe you'll make the right choice then. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll have that to look forward to, that and uh, whatever drink Ben said he was uh, going to do, because I forget now, and my surfer, my surf liner. And... The shrunken skull, folks. The shrunken That's skull. That's right. The shrunken skull. Come back for that. Until then, buddy, we'll see you. Uh, cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Bottoms up.